up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Podcast, episode 188. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trav. And I'm here with Adam. This week we watched The Beast, or The Beast of War. Maybe that's why the movie's like the movie you never heard of, because we don't know what the fucking name is. It's got two names. Yeah, right? I mean, it is a little confusing, a little but, bit. you know. Is this the uh, the uh, election special? Yeah. On Real <laughs> election is uh, happening right now, folks. Yeah, yeah. Voted today. Yeah. It's 8.45 where I live, 7.45 where they live. By the end of the night, maybe. I mean, by yeah, the end of we'll the next see. month, we'll know who the president is. By the time they have to swear somebody in, we yeah. should know for They'll sure. They'll be counting the last ballot. <laughs> the joke does make sense. It's like the postman, you know, the fucking movie with Kevin Costner. Yeah. He treks through high and low to turn the final the, ballot. The last ballot. <laughs> it's the deciding factor, man. And they forgot to sign it. Oh, they got to fucking go back and find the guy, you know? But yeah, we watched The Beast or The Beast of War. And uh, for anybody that's joining us now and didn't join us last week, we got an email. We have an email, guys. It's realestatepodcast at gmail.com. And this dude, Nick, emailed us and was like, hey, guys, you know, my name's Nick. And a while back, I stumbled across a movie I'd never heard of. It completely blew me away. And so ever since, I've been desperately trying to convince anyone across movie fandom to give it a shot and hopefully drag out of complete obscurity. The movie's called The Beast of War, a.k.a. The Beast from 1988. And then he goes into, you know, people that he has contacted about this and people that have recommended watching it and things such as that. I won't reread the whole email, but this guy reached out to us. And we always said when we first started the podcast, got the email and everything up and running, that if anybody contacted us, we have contacted several people ourselves, like Corey White, Alina, the guys from, you know, podcast Time for Guy, you know, a couple of people to give us movie recommendations. If you want us to watch a movie, all you have to do is go to your email and send us an email and we'll watch it. Yeah, it's pretty easy. It's the it's <laughs> it's easier than voting, right? Yeah. You don't even have to leave your house. So we upon this man's recommendation and and I responded to the email and I asked him to reach out to us and let us know his journey, how he found the movie. Uh, he talks about in his email how he's been trying to get Criterion to re-release the movie and kind of drag it out of obs- obscurity that way because, I mean, it's Criterion. You know, Criterion Collection, that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? With no luck, he, he annoyed them to the point where they're not like even they responding. Him. Yeah, they put him... <laughs> they put him on... They're ghosting him now. Shadow they put him man. On yeah, he's, he's he don't even know he's banned, but he. Well, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because, you know, after after watching it and and I did my little deep dive on it, it was one of those films that it's enjoyed a, a cult afterlife, you know. Well, and and I'll get to that in a second about the cult afterlife stuff, but uh, Nick, if you were listening to this podcast, please email us back or send us a voice message explaining your journey 
how you found it, who recommended it to you, or if you stumbled across it, your your conversations with Criterion, anything. Because yeah, we'll we are those gen- too. Yeah, or we'll <laughs> play the voice on podcast. I mean, we're genuinely interested in your adventure with this film. Yeah, you could use your phone. Like yeah, a voice anything. Send it to us. He never did hit us back. But after this episode goes up, I'm going to send it to him. Yeah, I mean, why we not? We did the episode, man. Yeah. So, I've never heard of this movie. Never. Not even going to pretend. Like. No. And and like Travis was saying, it, it has a cult following. I understand why. Oh, yeah. Because it was very well shot. Yeah. And it had some great performance. There was... It was filmed in 88. There mm-hmm. were some, you know. Well, it had a, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> That's all I could think. It had oh, Stephen Baldwin yeah. playing a Russian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and they're, so they're all Russians and they're in yeah, Afghanistan. But they speak like perfect English. Well, you know. It, now, but here's, why didn't they do this? Like, if you're going to give the Russian guys an American accent, why not just give the Afghans? Why didn't they, you know what I mean? Well, that would have taken away from him. Yeah, because then he couldn't understand. He's like... Yeah, that was the whole point, you know, them developing that friendship or pseudo-friendship. He was screaming, brother! Yeah. Brother! Yeah. He's like, dude, I just wanted to kill Tank Boy, man. Yeah, for real, right? No, he didn't even want to kill Tank Boy. He He just wanted wanted to to take the tank away. It's the symbol. He wanted to get rid of that symbol. And, And... they fucking do it. Well, that dude was a fucking nut. Yeah, and whenever we were talking about it the other night, you know, Adam, because I watched it Sunday, and Adam's like, well, what did you think about it, you know? And I was like, I liked it. And he's like, you know, what's kind of going on? I'm like, it's just that classic tale of, like, this, the commander is going mad, and it just kind of revolves around, you know, the people dealing with his insanity. Dude, when and, that uh, helicopter lands... And they're like, we're going yeah. home, and they get in. And he's like, go ahead and hop in. We'll call airstrike on the tank. He stops in his tracks and look back, and he's like, uh-uh. Yeah. He's like, why can't we go home in a helicopter? He's like, we're going home in a fucking tank. There's no way um, I get off that helicopter. No, well, no. But in that part of the movie, I laughed so hard because he's like what's going on the fucking helicopter yeah. he's like completely and i'm like i'm his right there bandage on his head barely i'm like well you got a toothache <laughs> I mean, it was wrapped around under his chin over his head and across his forehead these fucking you know grenades I mean? suck <laughs> yeah <they're- laughs> dude they were like right there next to it and i'm like that barely fucking singed the hair off his face dude yeah yeah but they're in Afghanistan, and the film opens, and they are just fucking everything up. Wrecking this little town, little village. Yeah, and that that opening sequence had some. Oh, absolutely! Cool From start to finish, this movie was just it was it was a tank movie. You know, it's what you want out of a tank film. Yeah, yeah. a lot of warfare sequences, and there was like. Yeah, there was a lot of you know there were a lot of the moments sprinkled throughout where you know they're you know dudes they're all having their moral dilemmas were, but all in all it was pretty action-packed from start to finish were you guys thinking whenever they stopped off somebody's poisoned the water hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 
Or they how fucked about how, self, dude. Or, yeah, or, it's or like how, the only water how, source in the desert, and you're gonna fucking how they, poison it. Or how how dude dudes so dudes on the war path to take this tank out, and he's like, I've got the RPG, right? That motherfucker jumps the shark on that RPG so bad. Oh, I, mean, I would. I, he was trying. <laughs> he was very emotional. His glasses you know? were fucked up too. So yeah, he was. He was. He was low. He was a new player. Yeah, I mean, he hit <laughs> the tank. Yeah, he was like but, a level ten. Yeah, for sure. He was too busy keeping notes. Yeah. Well, and that was that was very interesting because you never see in it, any war movies that I can remember where you have someone documenting the whole time. Like, of course, people are writing down what's going on in like journals or memoirs or whatever, but it's nobody like documenting what what the commander or what the sergeant or lieutenant, whatever, what they're they're saying, conversations that are yeah, happening, everything. Like, and he didn't amazing. even have a poker face about it. Whenever they killed the uh, the Afghan dude that was on their side, yeah. well, right after he shot him in the back, he was standing there looking at him. He's like, why'd you do that? Why? And then he just picked his book up and started writing it. And I was like, dude, you're going to get killed next, man. He's like, why? what are you doing? He's like, I'm recording this. Yeah. Well, and before that, they had that you know moment where he's like, you know, you started here and you got kicked out. You started here and you got kicked out. You got You started here. And it's like, now you're on the tank, you know? Yeah. Like you, you worked your way down because of your insubordination. And it's like, you know, because, because it's war. And yes, you don't agree with everything, of course, that happens in wartime. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I, I can, they made his character very relatable. Because it's like, when they put the dude under the tank... Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just shoot him. Yeah. Did you have did you have to run over him with the fucking Well when he tried to make him kill the dude. Because he yeah. saw him like playing chess together and like talking. Yeah. And he's like, kill him. Put the gun on him. And he's like, dude, you're gonna make me do it? Yeah. Fuck that. And he's like, I mean you're you're gonna get in trouble. Yeah. So it's a lot of cool shots, man. And the story was great. Oh, that, that circle cam move they did when it showed the uh, the tracks of the tank just hauling ass through the desert and yeah. the camera moves from one end to the other. I thought that was a really cool shot for 88. And Maybe I'm just inexperienced in, in movies from around then. Oh, it but was cool. It was, uh, yeah. And I mean, dude, some of, the, some of the wide shots were good too, especially that one, man, where the, uh, the widows come out. And they're silhouetted over like that that horizon shot as they're walking off. Yeah, like that was that was some good shit. My favorite scene or favorite shot from the movie happens right at the beginning, and it's the tank rolls up. <clears throat> Dude gets out of the tank with that gas mask. Yeah, on. that was cool. And he's got he's got that RPG. Uh-huh. He looks up. He looks up at that tower. Looks down and just sh- and the way the angle the smoke. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, it's like you could you could you could convert that into a fucking thrash metal music video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just the way that he he just looked at the at that tower and looked back, like looked down at the RPG, and he's like, "Well, another day." 
and just fucking shoots. You know what I mean? You just it it conveys oh, well, so, yeah. so much emotion. Without that's what I was, that's what I was gonna say. Like it, it it really got the point across that like they've been fighting. Yeah, like, and and just that one little like ten second snippet. It told so much of the story right there. You know. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think, like most movies that I have seen from around this time, the third act kind of like kind of gets a little slow for a second. He's in well, the cave with him and shit. Yeah, but it it it, it, it double backs though, and it, it it gains its traction again. Yeah, I enjoyed that scene though because. You see, um, you know, all this back and forth about the con and who's in charge and all this kind yeah. of stuff. Get out of here, and woman. Like, yeah. Well, and it's like this whole, like, it's two groups of people that don't want to work together, but they're, they are working together in order to take down a common enemy. And they don't agree with each other. And it's like, w- we find one of their men and he says the word. So we can't kill him. We have to keep him safe and feed him and, and all this kind of stuff. And the dude's just like, and it's kind of a brilliant, it's kind of a brilliant way to show that dude's potential leadership because it's like the RPG's fucked up. There's the man that can fix it. And that's been trained to use it. And he said the word, we can't kill him. He knows that we can't kill him, but he's not a threat to us because he doesn't have any weapons. So well, we're we going to kill get- him. We're no better than them. Yeah, exactly. So he gives him the RPG to fix it, and then he's like, "I need the weapon." The other guy, and he yeah. was gonna, he was gonna hand him the weapon loaded and everything, and they're like, "Uh, uh, uh." Yeah, you know, and it just shows what a what a good potential leader. Like he's using all of his resources, whether his people agree with it or not. He's using all of his resources to his advantage, and that's something that can be respected. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I I really like that scene a lot. I know that it kind of got a little slow there, but just that because it just shows it, it's a lot of character development with you know. Yeah, like uh, you know, and and I think I think a lot of movies have that kind of problem though, where you have the beginning of the film, the end of the film. You know, it's just a lot of mo- the moving parts of it all to get you. You know, because yeah. it's a very you know it's a very uh, action heavy film. Because like 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 we've been saying, a lot of these shots, you know, are conveying a lot of shit. Like yeah. it's it's not it's not just boom sequences, you know. Well, and then every time, particularly we, with the subject matter. Well, and every time that we see the guys <clears throat> in the desert doing stuff, it's like they have conversations, and then it's like every time they either find something fucked up, something fucked up happens to them. So you get that moment of like character development and kind of from their point of view, but it is always ended abruptly by something fucked up happening to them, you know? And I, in that moment, nothing fucked up happens. It's just this like human, it's human nature kind of happening right there. And that's, that's why I appreciate, I, I really appreciated the way that they did that because yeah, I mean, every time like they've, they're like booby, booby trapped around and if you put a grenade under a mortar shell, right, and the grenade blows up, I would assume that that mortar would blow up as well, you right? I think. <laughs> I was like, they're fixing to get a team wipe right here, you know? But no, it fucked that one dude up, and they're like, you know, leave him food, leave him water. And I'm like, nah, dude, just shoot him. 
Yeah. If I was sitting there, if us three were in the desert and I, and I went to get a mortar shell and it blew up for whatever reason, we're in the desert and why there's a mortar shell there. I have no idea. But if we're ever there, toting, you know, hardware, if you know what I'm saying. Hogan. Yeah. (laughs) And it blows up on me. Then I want one of y'all or both at the same time, Boondock Saint style to shoot me. I'll do it. Can we, can we agree on this right now? Yeah. (laughs) If we're ever in that situation. Whatever happens. You can count on us. You got, y'all got to do the whole thing. The whole Boondock Saint. got the rosary and everything. Yeah, and do the the speech and everything. Uh, I'm like, hang on, let me try to get a service <laughs> out here so I can pull the speech up. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it hurts. You're over there dying. I'm like, be quiet. Dude. We're trying to learn the dialogue. Y'all are watching the clip from the movie yeah. to get the pacing right and everything. Uh, but man, it was it was a fun ride, you know, from beginning to. It, I mean. It should be a classic war film to me. Yeah. It, it kind I mean, of seemed like it was. Yeah. It's like, how, and other than Fury. Yeah. Like how many more that's, tank That's movies? the only tank movie I can think of. And there's, I did see uh, some podcast online where they would put those movies up against each other. Kind of had similar pacing. Oh, yeah. You know? I'm sure the people um, that did Fury, like they had that in mind. Like, right. Let's do another tank movie. Yeah. Like the beast. And they're like, what? Like, you know, the best movie you've ever heard of. Yeah. You think you can beat the beast? They're like, what? (laughs) Another (laughs) movie you've probably never heard of. (laughs) Um, but it sucks, man, that this is not like regarded. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sucks. Nobody knows about it. It sucks. We didn't know about it. Yeah. How? Out of all the movie lists that we've looked at. Yeah. All the like digging for like, you know, how is this not mentioned? Why is this movie blacklisted? Well, it's shadow banded. So what I found, and this was on IMDb, I didn't have time to do like a deep, you know, I I didn't have time to get the shovel out and see how deep we could go on it. You know, dig the tank up. (laughs) Yeah, dude. But here it says, when the film was started at Columbia Pictures, David Putnam was head of the studio. By the time it was released, Putnam was out and Don Steele was head of the studio. As a result, the film was released in a small number of theaters under the title The Beast. So it's probably something that was on track to be heavily promoted. Uh, world release, you know. Yeah, with the actors, because it had a little star power for the time. It did, yeah. And I'm guessing that the studio head at Columbia Pictures... Failed it. Yeah, they they were like, no, nah, we're just going to... Because it only got released in a couple of theaters. It made like $100,000, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it was an $8 million budget, and it made $161,000, which is fucked up. Because this should have made... At least the money that they spent on it back. The budget was one hundred sixty-one thousand, which is great. I mean, the budget? Yeah. No, that's box it, office. Yeah, that's the gross. Does it show the budget? 
The budget on IMDb is eight million. Eight million? Yeah. That still ain't too bad. No, not I'm not sure for it's made its money back since then with maybe DVD sales and maybe, but it's like you know, over thirty years of Yeah. Did you know those those true fans will have it? Yeah. They'll buy it. I mean, I want a Blu-ray release. This and and also, I don't understand. Like, you would think that, like, you know how Tarantino like does his little film thing, or he mm-hmm. was before coronavirus. You know, he would take over a theater and show classic movies and things that inspired him and all this yeah. kind of stuff. You would think that, like, he would know about this movie if he doesn't. You know, I'm sure he does. Oh yeah, and you got to assume that he enjoys the movie. I oh, assume I'm he sure. So it's why like has his alley? Yeah. So why have, why hasn't it been put up? Why, why hasn't, why haven't he gone out of his way to put it up somewhere and have people come watch it, you know, or anything like that. I mean, it's just, it needs more exposure. And if Criterion got their hands on it, of course that would happen, you know? Mm-hmm. But it sucks that it lives it lives under a rock. Like, literally. In a tank. Mm-hmm. Under a rock, you know what I mean? And then this, the climax. Like, the realization oh, yeah. that they're heading straight to, like, the biggest drop-off in the world. Yeah, and when he looks at the map. Yeah, it's, it's like, all Oh shit, up. that's the fucked up part of the map. Damn. Yeah. That and then sucks. And then at the end of the movie the realization where the fork in the road was. Mm-hmm. And and you know, the main dude was like he's like, Go right and he's like, Are you sure, sir? I think we need to go left. He's like, Go right. That was the shortcut. Yeah. That they didn't take. Yeah. Yeah. And the realization that, like, if he would have listened to his men, if he would have been a good leader and not a fucking crazy person, yeah, then they might not be fucked up, dripping oil all over the desert, running out of fucking, seizing the engine. Yeah. I do. He's like, it's running hot. And he's like, keep 20 knots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, are you fucking nuts? Oh, yeah. never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I thought. They were going to kill, uh, oh, dude. What's his name? Baldwin? Stephen I thought Baldwin? they were going to kill him, too. Yeah, I thought so, too. I was waiting for that. And I probably, if I would have been in charge of the movie, that probably would have happened. Yeah. Because that's it. You know, it's even more like he's just picking them off because dude was sitting around moping. Can't believe we left yeah. him there like that. Yeah. I just expected him to take a gun out and just shoot him. Yeah. And then tell the other guy, bury his body. Yeah. But sir, bury him, you know? Uh, well, that other that other dude was fucked up anyway. He's drinking fucking brake fluid, yeah, dude. dude. Using He's bread like, to filter it. Yeah, filter it through bread. I put some fucking fruit in there, let it ferment in the desert. It's like, oh, okay, we're not in prison, you know? But. And then, and then they don't have no, he's like, you fucking poured the, the brake fluid out, dude. Yeah. I mean, we could have fished those berries. We could have filtered it with the other bread. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they had no water, no food. Out in this hot-ass yeah. desert, dude. 
Yeah. And they did a good job making it look fucking dusty. It was dusty in that bitch. Yeah. Well, how intense was that scene where they're, they haul ass? Like they're, they're out there playing chess, you know, drinking the brake fluid, all yeah, this other stuff. the guys come up on the, they're fighting over the nude pick. Yeah. Yeah. And then the dudes come up on that hill, which is where they were trying to get them that, that other time. Yeah. Yeah. With the flank and bank. Yeah. They flank stank them. They go hit with the flank stank, dude. And that's where you've been walking around the desert in a fucking robe for weeks. No bath. Like fucking, with that flank. Like, seems to me like ball. you could be like, what's that smell? Yeah. <laughs> it was like camel right. balls. Yeah. Like, that's you. Right. Oh. Yeah. You know that tank was fucking. Right. <laughs> dude, they I talked even... about that in, uh, what was the other one? Fury? Fury? Yeah. Shia LaBeouf didn't take a bath. Ooh. You know how he did? You know how he does? A uh, full method. Yeah, dude. dude. He didn't take a bath and they like, some of them got mad about it because he's, he just, he reeked, but he's like, Hey man, that's the way it would have been. Yeah. But help you get into character. It's like, nah, dude, you're going to have to put some hacks. Yeah. yeah. Watch them <laughs> and powder them, dude. Something, you know, hit that talcum. But they leave there after they get attacked and they drive out to the middle of who fucking knows where. And they put those little radar things out and on the ground. It's like, they're all around us. Yeah. I knew, it, I knew and, it wasn't guys. I was like, that thing's broken or something. Cause you couldn't see anything when they were shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like fucking, you know, fire everything we got and spin in a circle and shoot fire out. Yeah. But when it cuts back and it shows that giant circle, yeah, and, you know, like that shit That's the was beast of war right there, dude. Yeah, right. Whenever that the uh, guys came through there, like the Russians just killed just to kill. Yeah, like, now they, they thought it was them, you. <laughs> they fucked them deer up though, yeah. didn't they? I mean, damn. I would have at least like cut a little meat off of it or something. Ran off and left their uh, rations behind, their water. Everything. Sleeping bags. They were sleeping under the tank. Yeah. I mean. I'm over here like, all right, there's not a lot of room in this tank. Yeah. All right. And when we start off, there's five dudes in it, right? Yeah. Where are the fucking shells at? Dude, those shells are huge, man. Where are they storing the, because I'm like, and then eventually they did run out of them, but I'm like, they got to run out of those at some point, right? There's just, I mean. Well, they were stored in like a shell bookcase on the wall. It just seems awful cramped. Stephen Stephen Baldwin was pulling them out of that little cubby. Yeah. And loading them in. So, I mean, but. But they 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 had a lot of them. Yeah, they did. They could have saved some room if they would, you know, find a better way to store those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think you need five dudes in there. No, you need like three three. tops, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Three you need one one to drive, one to aim, and one to shoot. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, but and I mean it. They did a good job, like you said, with all as many of them in there. It felt spacious whenever they shot in the tank, but also very claustrophobic at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when they were they were in the tank. And uh, the captain, that's what I'm going to call him, kept looking at the, uh, the Muslim guy when he was staring at him, remember? He just kept yeah. giving that stink eye, and I was like, oh, man, he's going to kill this dude, man. 
Well, and he didn't back down. He kept looking. Yeah, even when the dude would look back at him, he was just staring at him like. Yeah, I know. It's. Right, right. But he, he did a good job of being insane. Yeah. Like, he did a great. And then the dude from fucking. It's so bright, I gotta wear sunglasses. Yeah. Fucking the Lost Boys. He did a great job, too, man. He was killing it. Um, nah, man, it was, it was great. Pretty and you really kind of, yeah, and you felt the pain, you know, why they're on this mission, like, to kill the tank. Because, I mean, dude, they just rolled up to some fucking village in they the middle of nowhere. Them. There was, like, no bad yeah. people there. No, I mean, they're just trying to protect what's they theirs. They burnt their little village down, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, bad lieutenant decision was when he broke out that rug and was going, he's like, I'm in my prayers, sir. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I'll be praying in front of this dude, man. Right. You better bow your head and say a silent prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh-uh. I mean, they should have, you know, they should have taken the chief out. The yeah, commander. he was telling him that when he was like, go over there and shoot him in the head. He's going to kill you next. You're next. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was fucked up. They fucking tie him to a <laughs> yeah, rock dude. and then put a fucking grenade behind his head. Pull yeah. the pin on it. He said, if you need anything, give it a nod. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, this fucking guy's crazy. And they're just blindly following him, you know? Orders. Shit, it would have been fucking... It would have been time... We would have killed him, dude. Yeah, overthrow the fucking... all of us, it would be like, all right, here's what we'll do next time he turns around. (laughs) Did y'all notice, too, like, every time the captain, like, whenever they pull up to the helicopter at the water and hold, all the guys are dead? Yeah. He's like, all right, do this, fill the radiator. But anytime they would pull up somewhere and it was some shit that he didn't want to see, he would always turn his little bucket around, you know, <laughs> face the yeah, other way. Right. Yeah. He just didn't want to see it. Yeah. Tank boy. I'd have been like, let's take this fuck. Yeah. When he started doing that. Yeah. When they were running up on top of that mountain, he was like, you're mine. Point at the tank. Yeah. Get you tank boy. Yeah, that was that was pretty fucking cool to be honest with you. Yeah, I like to think now in in the military you got to go through some kind of psychological evaluation where they put you back well, out in there and the shit. I would hope. Well, I mean, um, they've got to, right? Yeah. I mean, but you know, this was 1981 in Afghanistan, and they're yeah. Russian, so you know, standards might be a little different there. Yeah. I mean, I won't. Well, you dude, know. The other Russians in the helicopter were like, come on, guys. Yeah, they were we'll like the, the stoner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll order an airstrike. And he's like, we're not fucking doing that. We came You're in in a tank. Show it up in a tank. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, for real, I'm right? Going with them to get water. Yeah. And food. And maybe sleep. And they could have warned them. Don't drink yeah. out of that water in hole. Well, I mean, to be fair, the only water hole. Well, to be fair, if I'm in a fucking helicopter, I'm not going to stop at some fucking lagoon in the middle of the desert. Lagoon? That's being fucking generous there. I mean, mean, you know. This was like a mud puddle. (laughs) (laughs) 
dirty I mean, ass water I mean. too. Yeah, dude. Whenever they roll up to that, uh, you remember when he shoots the guy? He's like, go out there and see how deep it is. So the, the dude's sitting there washing his face in it. This is running water, so I'm like, we can drink this. This yeah. water's safe. Dude's over right. there pissing in it. Yeah. Dude, we were going to drink that. We had a water supply. Until dude pissed in it. Yeah. <laughs> he poisoned both of them with yeah. his piss and the fucking yeah, He's devil. out here pissing in it with his fucking brake fluid piss. <laughs> he and that was crazy. He's like, "Why are you drinking this?" He's like, "I gotta get it's something it's to keep going, steady, man. man. Yeah. My it's hand like, steady with that gun. It's like you fucking fiend, get out yeah. of here, you know. Give him some booze, dude. I would have had more respect for the fucking commander if he would have killed that guy right then. You know, we can't have a fucking wild, a loose cannon pun intended. Yeah, they're like yeah, the brakes right. don't work. He's over there hitting a flask. Wild card. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, I really did, man. And I and I appreciate Nick reaching out to us and and letting us know about it because we probably never would have watched I it did. otherwise. So, and it was. I mean, I really want a Blu-ray copy of it because I could see myself revisiting this. Time after time, you know? Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I enjoyed Fury. But I kind of like this yeah, movie a little bit more. Yeah, I like this a little better. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, it turned into a, a classic hero story. Yeah. So. Did y'all think he was going to go with him at the end? I thought he was for a minute. When he, but it, And he got a souvenir. He got that badass fucking. Yeah. Rifle? Fucking mu- musket. I don't know what it was, dude. <laughs> Old technology there. Like, <laughs> if I was a yeah, little dude, yeah. I'd have been like, fucking throw my gun down. Don't take it, dude. Yeah, that's the only one we got. Yeah. They're like, fucking Allah has blessed us. They had all those guns. Yeah. Like, all right, calm down. Because the U.S. is going to show up in like 15 years and fuck y'all up. Gonna need some how, more guns. How fucked up was old fucking um the dude in the green? And he was like, uh, we gotta go get the tank, and he's like, I already got what I want. And he's out there fucking sitting in the chopper in the front seat of that chopper, and he's like, You think you can drive that? And yeah, that guy's dude. like, Oh yeah. yeah. I'm like, hell no, they it's don't a gift from it. the heavens. <laughs> like, dude, nobody here can drive this shit. First of all, it needs gas. <laughs> gas. Do y'all have that? <laughs> well, he's trying to communicate with dude he's digging he's like got the rock he's like tank and he's like yep tank yeah. and he's like oh it's a dead end he's like yeah and he's, he keeps going it's like no dude i got it let's go we're wasting time yeah he kept doing it <laughs> that's like, why he didn't fuck. stay man he couldn't understand anyone like yeah when he saw that helicopter he's like fuck it dude and then in my head the helicopter goes over and picks the other two guys up there's no yeah. way he leaves there and leaves them out there. He's not a piece of shit. No. And the captain, the, the women beat him to death. Yeah, they stoned his ass. They didn't even show it. But you could hear I it. Mean, like, yeah. It had to be brutal, right? I think what was funny was how he buttoned his thing up. Like, well, going out like the old kings, you know? Yeah. But um, 
Like he was already dead inside, man, because he lost the tank. That already yeah, killed that, him. Yeah. Like he just he died twice that day. Yeah. They killed his soul, plan. which was the tank. Then they killed him. They killed the soul and the body. Yeah. So soul didn't meet body that no, day. Not that day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Yeah, I give it a star, man. It gets a star. Wait, does it get a star or does it get like a a watering hole? I don't it gets know. It's a tank. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you on that, man. It, it definitely 100% gets a star. It was a fucking great experience. I'm so glad dude reached out and told us about this. And I want a Blu-ray release of this so I can put it on the shelf with fucking the rest of the war movies. And like, I want to watch it again, but I want to show it to people. Yeah, because you know they've no. never seen it. Yeah, uh-huh. and and that's that's kind of, you know, also another bonus to watching this now. It's like, okay, so I can invite people over. Everybody. Not too long. Yeah, and everybody enjoys a good war film. I mean, most people anyway, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, it's a great story, great acting, you know. Just an all-around good time. It gets a full fucking tank. What you got, Trav? Yeah, dude. Like it's, like I said, it was action packed from start to finish. Had a lot of, a lot of of interesting uh, camera techniques. You know, all that good shit around. It was just a well put together movie, dude. Um, I give it a full star as well. Another cool shot was when they were out there around those, all those big rocks yeah. standing on them. I was like, wow, that's a, you know, they saw that place and was like, we're filming here. Yeah. We're doing scene B and C here. <laughs> now I don't want to get too controversial here, but don't know if it's, I mean, I, I don't know if it's worthy of criterion. Don't hang me, Nick. Don't tank him. Don't tank me. But I, I just, I don't know if it's, it's good, but I don't know if it's Criterion good. Well, I don't agree with some of the things that they put in the collection. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it's a perfect shoe-in for it. Because, I mean, a lot of war films are Criterion films. Um. So, one of the oddest picks for uh for Criterion I've always thought was fucking Time Bandits. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have it. And I was just like, it's just, it's just weird that like this is this is. They thought this was. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, Terry Gillum, if I recall, but like. But anyway, well, is it hard to be a god in the Criterion collection? God, I hope not. I think it is. Hold on. Hold on. I'm Googling it. Is it? I mean, I guess from in terms of a filmmaking standpoint, I could see where the argument stands for it. I don't know. I don't know if it is. I don't see it. 
um, as far as the beast is concerned. Like from filmmaking, yeah, I could see where it, it deserves to be up there because like there were some really good filmmaking. Yeah, but well, I, I I wish that <clears throat> and Paramount has this right or Columbia. Yeah. So I would give I would give almost anything <clears throat> if they would go out the parent organization for Columbia is Sony Pictures. So if if Columbia or Sony would go out get all the actors back together do a special or like you know some some bonus features you know, talking about the experience shooting because you know that there wasn't any special features in 1988. You know what I mean? If they can find any of the old footage, that's great. But, you know. But I wish that they would get them all back together, <clears throat> re-release the film, you know, give it a Blu-ray, 4K, you know, whatever they can do to it, and just, like, talk about their experience filming it. And then I want, a, like, a legit hour and a half long documentary about what happened to this film and why it wasn't released the way that it should have been released. Well, what was its competition? Well, I think it only released in two theaters. Like two. So there's a, I mean, it, it's, it hints at it here where it says Don still was the head of the studio after they finished filming. And as a result, the film was released in a small number of theaters under the title of The Beast. I want to know more. Like, why? Did she find it? Or he? I guess Don could be a he. I don't know. But did they find it offensive in some way? Or, you know, what was it? What what was the roadblock to causing this film to not get a huge release? Probably didn't get a lot of... <clears throat> A lot of traction, especially at first. Well, could it, well, well, it says it was filmed. The film was shot in Israel, so could its could its placement and filming have had some outside problems with it? Um, I don't see in '88. I don't see how. I don't know. I mean. That's why I would like to see a legit doc on it to figure out, like, why. And then, you know, that would be, like, the perfect two-pack. You know, you get the film on Blu-ray, you get the documentary, because I would be just as interested in rewatching the film as I would be watching the documentary explaining the story of why. Why it didn't get released. You know, what roadblocks, what hurdles. And, and I would like to hear other filmmakers' opinions on the film. I mean, this has got to be one of those, like, you remember back in the day, you know, and we didn't have the VHS era, but, you know, the DVD era where you found a film and you would either let people borrow it or you would burn them a copy of it or whatever so that you could get that out there into the ether of your social network, you know, in high school and stuff. Uh -huh. I feel like this probably happened with directors in Hollywood. Probably in like the mid to late nineties, early two thousand. This was probably one of those films that people started finding and watching and then 
spreading around. So it's yeah. so. Do you think didn't even make the list movies? So, so do you think the so you think the uh, the switch of heads at studio might have been the cause? Probably. That's what it sounds like. That the new person came in, saw, watched the movie, and was like, "Ah, eh, I'm not. We're not spending, you know, a shit ton of money to campaign for this movie. Like, yeah, we're not doing promotion." So here's an interesting tidbit. The tank used in the film is, a, is according to IMDb. The tank used in the film is an authentic Soviet T-55 captured by the IDF during the Arab-Israeli conflicts, although it was modified by the Israelis and redesignated as the TI-67 and fitted with a 105-millimeter main gun in place of the original 100-millimeter gun. The film's military advisor... Del Del Da said that he negotiated the purchase of the tanks over drinks with Israeli Defense Forces officers in a Tel Aviv hotel. You could see that I mean, list there, though. It came out September the 16th was when it was released. And even on that list of movies that came out in September, when you scroll down, it's not even on the list. For increased realism, 90 millimeter blank shells were modified to fire a weight of water out of the tank's 105 millimeter cannons, thus causing the cannon to recoil as if it had fired a live shell. I mean, whenever you do a search for the Beast of War film, you just do a general Google search. Of course, Wikipedia, IMDb is going to come up, all this other stuff. But, you know, there's a couple of articles here and there talking about it. Yeah, a couple of Reddit posts. Yeah, but it's nothing like, you know, it it just fell into obscurity. And, like, full on fell into it with, like, I mean... I don't want to say it, and I want to get Nick involved if it happens. But I think we should do a change.org. We should do a petition, dude. Oh, yeah. Nick, if you're listening and and you want to do a petition, we will talk about it every fucking week until something happens. Whatever happens when it happens. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, you know. Get it to the masses. I feel mm-hmm. like the only people you could talk to now would be like maybe some of the actors. Mm-hmm. Like a Stephen Baldwin could tell us what happened. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, Might hit him up on didn't Twitter. He, didn't he go crazy? He went, I think he's like real religious now. I don't know if he's crazy, but. Oh, well, no, I don't know. I thought that he went crazy, but I must have been, you know. Mistaken him for one of the other Baldwins. But. There's a lot of them. You got There's Tommy Baldwin, Ricky Baldwin. Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jimmy, Joey. Joey, Tony. They're twins. Yeah. Tony and Tommy are twins. Jimmy and Joey are twins. Yeah. And you've got fucking Alec. I think that's the one that went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. 
He may have gone crazy because his daughter's the one that's married to Justin Bieber. Definitely gone crazy. Yeah. He's gone crazy because he has to fucking see that goofy ass around. So. Um, hey, there was well, a movie that came out called Homeboy in 88. He was mm-hmm. in it. Came out the same month this movie came out. Steven? Yeah. Should we came out on the fifteenth? That was the day before the beast dropped. It's called Homeboy. I'm trying to get a swap board together here. I don't see Stephen Baldwin on Homeboy was a a Mickey Rourke film. Back when Mickey Hmm. was at the top. Looks like maybe a boxing movie or something. Right. Yeah, he's a down and out boxer with brain damage. Sound familiar? (laughs) Just a beat up piece of meat. <clears throat> I mean, I don't see any of these people having a Twitter. Yeah, he probably doesn't have one. He's like, Emilio. Does George Zunza have one? Let's see. Nope, but he was trending at some point. Oh, he was in the deer hunter. Anyway, y'all want to talk about some uh, Mandalorian? Oh real yeah, quick? Mandalorian time again. Yeah, it's that time of year, guys. Holy shit! <clears throat> Classic Mandalorian dude. He shows up and saves the day. I I love that they are sticking with the Western aesthetic. Yeah, it fucking feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I love I love Timothy Oliphant mm-hmm. so having him be the sh- marshal sheriff whatever I thought it was justified yeah <laughs> <laughs> whenever he took the helmet off and set it on the table I heard like a record scratch I was like wait a minute now like and he was like you're probably wondering he's like give it back now give it. And he's like, wait a minute, dude. You help me kill this thing. I'll give you the damn. He's like, all right, dude. I was, I was waiting for Walton Goggins to pu- jump out and be some other character. Go, yeah. looks like we got us a Mandalorian in here. Yeah. He got it at Fat Abbott's Clubhouse. Helped himself <laughs> whatever he wanted. Fucking Goggins would have popped out. I would have lost. What'd you expect? Do you think this was the way or something? Um, But oh, not. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, uh, I know we're jumping in the Mandalorian, but I still think honor- honorable mention John Bronco is fucking hilarious, and it's only thirty fucking minutes. Oh, you watched it the whole yeah, time? yeah, Damn. dude. All that thirty shit minutes, was hilarious. <laughs> All thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Nah, that movie was our short film, whatever you want to call it. It's part of actually a show called Imagine Documentaries. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what it was when we watched the trailer. But anyway, watched it. Walton Goggins was amazing in it. But yeah, Mando was good. Go walking in the moonlight with you, Mando. <laughs> the Mando. Um, I mean... I mean, I'm not the only one that thought dude was going to fuck him over, right? I, I've I've thought something was going to happen. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, 
Do you really want to give up the armor? Because like he wasn't I shit until he put the mask on, you know. Well, I mean, can we can can we pump the brakes here and and and, and drop the magnifying glass on this this particular set of armor? Yeah, it looks like uh, Boba Fett's armor, right? It yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I think that's why when people were seeing photos from the set, they were like Boba Fett's in the episode. Well, I have I have my thoughts on the ending. What you what you got? I think that was him. Well, when I watched it and it went off, the it looks to me, and of course we didn't get a, a great you know look at the guy, but it looks like the same actor that played Django Fett. Yes. And if they bring Django Fett, the actor who played Django Fett, back to the Mandalorian to play Boba Fett. Then I mean, John Favreau has fucking done it again. I think that's exactly who the fuck it is, dude. I mean, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, that looks just like the fucking guy from the prequels, you know? Older, of course, but you know. Um. So let me ask y'all this, and we kind of talked about, or I talked to Corey, and maybe I don't know some people about it the other night, but in the first season when they were tracking him through the desert in Tatooine. Yeah, did we ever get a resolution to who that was? No, that's who this was. So that would be kind of genius, if you know what I mean. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, if we're saying it right now and it comes true, then it's like, oh my god, you know, it kind of takes it. It it doesn't, you know, make it that much better, but it does in a way because it's like just the foreshadowing from season to season of what's going to happen. It's kind of, you know, kind of brilliant that they drug it out like that. And then it being that character. And, you know. I mean, it's going to be great if it's going to take Boba Fett and uh, Mando to take out Moff Gideon. I mean, that would be nuts. But, I mean. You said this guy looked like the guy that played Django Fett. It is the guy. So confirmed? It's him, dude. He this actor was in all those I mean, yeah. Attack of the Clones, like I mean, that's genius. So And good. there's already a, a article on a website here where they're say they're saying that he's been cast as Boba Fett in the series. So Yeah, dude. He's back, back from the dead, bitches. But I like how they did it. Because you know, um in the um uh, the other movies, he looks like this. Yeah. Now he's bald, a little older. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, he'd probably be in like his 40s or 50s, wouldn't he? Yeah. Maybe older. Yeah, that's him, though. Uh, I mean, he could have been in his 40s. When well, I think, well I think that's part of what this episode did is going to explain how he got out of the Sarlacc. And what's going to be interesting is if it's because a crate dragon was fucking with it and he got out of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. Those poor, those poor Banthas. Oh, right. Or more or less the poor Tuscan warriors, dude. Yeah. Every time they talk with their hands, dude, they're like Trump. Yeah. Well, they, I saw an article the other it's day a dragon that, snake, okay? that they hired a, uh, a deaf person 
to be, you know, the leader of the sand people. Oh. Because that's how they communicated. You know, like the that noise, but they basically communicate via sign language. And and I thought that was an interesting little Well they thing. gave they gave so much more depth to the Tuscans. Oh yeah, for sure. And I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool how it was another demonstration of you don't have to come up with some new bullshit or create new things and people and events to be able to create a Star Wars story. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's so story. much there. There's so fucking much there that you don't need to ask pull anything other than what you're going to make these characters, what adventure you're going to make them go on. Yeah. Well, and that's similar to what I said the other night. I mean, it's just great that we're visiting we're visiting places that we know, but parts of those places that we've never seen. Oh yeah, but we're still getting something new out of it. Yeah, something and, new, something original as well. And it's still incredible that this show has outdone the films. Yeah. Like completely. Yeah. Like like as far as Disney uh Disney, you know, created content's concerned, uh this one show has has like done so much better than the films. Not not that the films were they're good in their own Star Wars charming way, but let's face it as far as really good production, st- story, you know, all the check marks oh. like Mandalorian's outdoing them, you know. Yeah. Wait a minute, I was wrong. Wait a minute now. Hold up. Digging a little deeper. Okay, so he did Django Fett and Attack of the Clones, you know, and then he did the voice. I guess for the animated stuff. Yeah. But if you go to his IMDb page right now, confirm, dude, right here, 2020. Um, Mandalorian, Boba Fett. Says it. It's happening, guys. On his IMDb. I mean, that's awesome. He was in Aquaman. Was he? Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting if, since they're clearly pulling stuff from the Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, because they're bringing in Rosario Dawson. So, what's going to be interesting is if they find a way to do a flashback back for Boba, like when we finally get seated with some dialogue from him, if they go that route, it's going to be interesting if they reference, you know, him, do, the, the stuff that he did as a kid, like, cause in clone wars, when he's still a child, he, uh, there's an arc where he sneaks in with some cadets and tries to sabotage. Like he's, he's trying to get vengeance still. So it, it's going to be interesting seeing how that's going to play into Ahsoka joining because they're Jedi and he's straight up like, fuck the Jedi. Um, he was also the voice actor for the Empire Strikes Back 2004 DVD version. He, he, was, he did Boba Fett's voice. Oh, and okay. almost every video game that's come out, he did the voice for, for Boba Fett. Wow. That's cool that they like keep him instead of like bringing someone else in. Yeah. You know, they cool. They stick with the same guy. You little Easter egg, little. 
Well, what's really cool is these actors obviously cherish their roles and their their contribution to the franchise, and of course, money, money, money. Yeah. But with all that, you know, the the, the fact that some of these actors are willing to come back for like a show. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So let me ask you all this before we, you know, segue into something else. Um, so we kind of get our first glimpse now. Um, what do you guys think that his role is going to be? And when do you think that this confrontation will inevitably happen? I feel like it's going to be a, a arc that builds up to mid season. And then it's going to join back in with the other half of, you know, dealing with the the empire, or the the first order, or whatever whatever transitional thing they're calling themselves. Yeah. At the moment, I think it's gonna it'll open back into the overarching story, but they're probably gonna ride this Boba Fett thing probably the first few episodes, and yeah. just kind of jump back and forth between that. Obviously, we'll get some cliffhangers from the other side to see what they're doing to keep us interested, yeah. but I think that's gonna be front and center. It's going to be because you got to think if they're introducing all these new characters, they're going to have to get them out of the way so they can start to develop them as. Because I because re- the, the worst thing they could do is limit these cameo things to like w- literally one episode. Yeah. Well, with a character like that, though, that's like Timothy Oliphant's character. You've got to think that, you know, they might revisit these characters again, kind of like they did towards the end of the last season where he yeah. needs some help and he may roll up and be like, Hey, I need your help with one, you know, with something. Um, but with that character, that, that he's like the first, he would be the first, uh, star Wars legacy character to be part of the franchise, right? Or part of the series. Now, what would be, I think it would be risky, but considering we heard the rumors of, uh pascal having problems on set um they could do it in such a way to where you know if they brought boba fett back like he could take the rent he could take the reins because i think a lot of people would be okay if it was like okay because of this mando dies or he sacrifices himself and and i know the show is crafted around him as the mandalorian but i mean hell if you bring back the one that got this whole thing kicked off in the first place like it's not going to be that big of a change there was a there was a book that came out in 1996 called tales from jabba's palace mm-hmm. and in the book they said that um he escaped the sarlacc by some well-positioned grenades and uh his jet pack and he blew it up from the inside now uh, they said that story's not canon but now that you see him standing there it's like oh, okay he got out Oh, I've I've long believed that just because they've officially denounced, not denounced, but put a lot of that stuff as the legends, yeah, you know, Star Wars stuff. I feel like they're gonna pick plot points from yeah, that. I mean, they, they have the Mandalorian the is it's confirmation that uh, Boba Fett escaped Sarlacc. That's gonna be Which fucking put- awesome. It's going to be cool if we even if they went so far if Favreau went as far as to pull off a sequence where we get an on-screen account of it, you know? Yeah, like yeah. when he's explaining it. Yeah. yeah. So what happens though, when they meet though? Like he can't put the suit back on, can he? Right, because I mean, the helmet's his face, off. Yeah, I mean, 
And, you know, Mando ain't going to be down with that. Like, he'll be buddies with him, and they might even help each other out. But Or what if that's how the sheriff continues to have Boba Fett's armor because Fett honors the way, and he's like, I can't put that back on. Like, he's... That's why at the end of it, he took it and hopped on the back. Well, it's almost like he's like, that's that's why he hasn't went back and taken it from that dude in the first place. Yeah. But who knows, man? Either way, it's 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 set up. It's it's got me anxious for. I mean, I, I think this. Should, I feel like the season's going to obviously deliver. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, no yeah. matter how they go about telling us this story. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that um, you know they're gonna they're gonna drag this this encounter this confrontation out as much as possible. Um, of course, because why not build that up? Yeah. And, and I think, I don't think that they would, that they would swap the characters around and have it follow Boba Fett's journey. But I mean, you, you know, know in, in a worst case scenario, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, I feel like because there's a lot of people that I'm friends with on Facebook that dressed up the adults that dressed up as Mando for Halloween. So just, yeah. people, yeah, people might not be as upset about it, but people are going to be fucking upset about it if they did that because they've grown to love this character over the course of a season so much that I, I don't think that that, I, if they did that now, if Boba Fett sticks around and all that kind of stuff, I get that, but I don't, I think it's going to be one of those things where if not by the end of this season, then probably by the end of the next season, he'll he'll die. Something will happen. And I, I, I and I agree with what you're saying. I just I feel like that would just be it would be a loud minority that's upset because you gotta think of how long Boba Fett's been a fan favorite throughout fandom. I mean, you know, obviously, and it's it's one of those things where I was just thinking it's really just spitballing. I hope oh, yeah. they don't do it. I want to keep pascal around I've, I've grown to enjoy his character a lot as myself but like i felt like if that if, if 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 something were to happen and they were like okay we don't have him anymore how can we keep this money train moving and it would be well let the let you know he's the head one when most like granted now when people bring up mandalorians they're obviously going to think of the mando but at the end of the day, anyone that's been on the, the Star Wars wagon for a hot minute, you bring up Mandalorian, you're thinking Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the oh, OG yeah. Mandalorian. The OG. <clears throat> so, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for the rest of the se- season. And I mean, dude, Favreau has just everything that he touches, it seems, turns to gold. Just, um, yeah, keep him spinning the yarn, dude. Yeah, because. What he's got going on is working 110%. So, but, um, has anybody got anything else about Mando and the Fandalorian? So I saw a, um, a tidbit about the show's production and how they, Apparently, them bringing back the ship miniatures, like all the shots of the Razor Crest in space and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's all old school how they filmed the movies. 
with the miniatures and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if we had covered it or not. I just, I was watching uh, Adam Savage from Mythbusters has his own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had a Mandalorian episode where he talked to the people in ILM that uh, pulled it off and whatnot. And they basically had explained how even though it's as popular of a show as it is and it's doing successful and all of this, they're still working in a very small budget. Well, did you see the screen they use? I talked about it before, like last season. But the screen they use, it's not a green screen. It's like their LCDs, like. And it, yeah. they run Unreal Engine 4, and they can change it. Like, when you're standing there in, like, a cave or something, it looks like a cave around you. Yeah. And they can change it at the drop of a hat. Just bam, next Which scene. Which is awesome. Next scene. But they, they, they explained how pretty much <clears throat> when they were building the ship set, sets and the motion capture for all of that stuff, they pretty much had to knock the dust off some really old equipment and techniques and all that whatnot. And it was just interesting. Uh, it's worth a... It's worth a search. <clears throat> yeah. Show looks so. Great. It does. I'm I'm excited for more. So, the first little tidbit popped up on something. I don't know if it was Twitter, or Facebook, but this caught my eye, and I figured that you guys would want to, you know, dive down this rabbit hole for a second. Why Jim Carrey rejected the prestigious opportunity to play lead in Doctor Who? Is this a joke? Oh, dude, this shit was trending for a second. Yeah. So it says, when Carrey's acting career was at its peak, he received the opportunity of a lifetime. Doctor Who is a BBC production that has become a staple of science sci-fi genre. The beloved series has been around since 63. And in 1996, an exclusive movie was created based on the series that had become more like a dynasty. With that being said, at the time, there was there were a tremendous amount of viewers who were looking forward to the production of the movie. Carrie was one of the initial picks to be cast as the eighth Doctor. Wow. It was a role that many actors would have probably loved to have, but Carrie turned it down. He knew how loved the series was, and he did not feel comfortable accepting the role since he knew so little about Doctor Who. That's a gent. That's a gent right there. Yeah. Carrie stated that that he had never even seen an episode. Not wanting to disappoint the fans seemed to be the main reason for Carrie's decision. And then it goes into Paul McGann being cast as the Doctor and all that kind of stuff. Um, But... I mean, could you imagine what that would have been like? I mean, that would be insane. I mean, it sucks that we live in a universe where Carrie didn't grow up watching Doctor Who because his mannerisms, I mean, hell, his his physical comedy would have been completely different probably, but if that had been the one change where he was, uh, you know, down with that, he could ask. So someone of his ability could absolutely yeah. be the doctor should be the doctor, especially 96. Yeah. Oh man. He could have, he could have rattled off. I mean, dude, if he, if, if he did a speed read of the shit right now and a speed watch of some of the stuff, he could probably do a really crazy rendition of him, you know? Oh yeah. That's also when he had a lot going on. So probably taking off to like sit down and watch a bunch of who, 
probably something he couldn't do at the time. But that's cool that he was like, I can't, I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. Which you got to respect the hell out of him. Yeah. Instead of doing a cash grab. Yeah. I mean, props. You know, I may not agree with you all the time, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Most of the time. But I got to I gotta give it up to you for that. Yeah. So this was a little tidbit that I wanted to throw up to you guys. We got a couple of Marvel-related news, and I don't want to jump off the cliff here with it. Um, but so the rights for Daredevil will go back to Marvel <clears throat> as Spider-Man 3 begins filming. Coincidence? I think not. Says the rights to Daredevil will reportedly revert to Marvel at the end of this month, meaning that the MCU can finally use him in future movie projects. Fans were left disappointed when it was announced that Netflix had decided not to continue this seminal series, with many still hoping that the show will return with the original cast. The news just happens to coincide with Spider-Man 3 beginning production, and it has long been rumored that Matt Murdock will show up in the latest Peter Parker adventure. So is this all just coincidence? Then they break down, you know, you know what the defenders are, the Marvel Netflix situation. Um, it says, following a very well-received third season, the cancellation of Daredevil left both fans and cast members stunned. The series ended with our hero um, uh, beating the villainous Kingpin into submission with, let's see. All right, sadly, Charlie Cox, the man behind the devil mask, does not sound too optimistic about this version of The Man Without Fear continuing with Disney+. Plus. This was what he said. I don't feel that way, no. And I don't know why I feel that way, the actor said previously. But I haven't been given any reason to believe that. And from a cynical point of view, it just feels like maybe I'm trying to protect myself because I'd love nothing more than to do it again. Um, so with that being said, um, Spider-Man movie, yay or nay? I mean, Spider-Man and Daredevil are bros. Makes sense. Um, uh, wasn't there rumors uh, earlier in the year and last year that said that uh, Murdoch might show up as his lawyer in the third Spider-Man? Oh. Yeah, there was rumors about that going on. An interesting way to do it. Um, so, and I think, look, if they're going to bring Daredevil in or Matt Murdock for that case, you know, for that matter, uh, if they just bring him in as Parker's lawyer and they keep him out of the suit, then I think that that would pacify all the fanboys of Daredevil, myself included enough, because if they do that, then inevitably they're going to do a follow up with the series, right? So even if it's just a throwaway role like that or something similar to that, then that gives us more hope than we've had for the past several years since they canceled Daredevil, you know? I hope they but, bring back the same guy. I mean, I they've got to bring Char- job. Yeah. They've got to bring Charlie Cox back because he was the, he was fucking Daredevil dude. Did, did you see at the bottom of that article? The other articles about it? No. WWE superstar The Big Show thinks he's a shoe-in for Kingpin in the Daredevil reboot. 
I think that Vincent D'Onofrio as there's also an article down there next to that. It says he's optimistic about the Kingpin's return at the MCU, but he doesn't know a thing. Or does he? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Imagine Tom Holland, Spider-Man going up against him. I mean, I love this portrayal on the show. Why not? it kind of makes sense guys for them to bring back the original people. Cause like word on the street is they're bringing back Jamie Fox. They're bringing back, you know, some yeah. of the other Spider-Man's maybe like he might get into these other little, you know, yeah. Well, he's in these other the show, places where all this other shit's happening. Like, and I mean, this isn't just a recast that can just be pulled off and everyone slowly forget about it. Like war machine. Yeah. Because these characters are, I mean, they're they're canon in the MCU. Yeah, Daredevil season one canonized every one of the sh- of the Netflix shows. Yeah. So, I think more so out of all the series that came from Netflix, uh, Daredevil was by far the best and the most deserving of more seasons. You know, more appearances. I mean, I agree. So whatever they decide to do with him, I'm game. But it's awesome that they're getting those. So my question also is like, what about the rights to Punisher, Jessica Jones? I was just thinking the Punisher. Yeah. What about all those rights? You know, Um, is it based on when it was released at Netflix? I think so. They get so, you know, they get like so many years. Yeah. And the Daredevil shit came out first, right? Yeah, it did. So. Yeah. They'll eventually get all of that back. Yeah. So. But Netflix did a great job with it. Yeah. It just sucks that they kind of got pigeonholed or they kind of got forced into that whole. You can't use this character because of contractual obligations. Yeah. You know, because imagine if they could still retain the rights to those characters and, and use them in projects then we would probably be getting a follow-up to Daredevil that has already aired on Disney+, Plus, as opposed to waiting until WandaVision comes out in December. You know what I mean? It would that may be st- their plan, is to bring him back on Disney+, Plus too. Like, Yeah. Just kind of pick up where it left off. Which I'm fine with. And hey, man, if that's what they're doing, then more power to them, because that's what needs to happen. Yeah, they need. They got to do more TV shows. Yeah, for sure. They're, that's going to be some bread and butter there. Yeah, and you'll get a lot of plot. Yeah. You'll and you know, you get a lot of character development that you wouldn't normally get. So I think I think that they should and it would be interesting for this to happen if they would just use the series as as plot and character development and then make the films, release them to theaters, but have it tie in it would be so hard to do. But have it tie in perfectly with the series that features these characters, but also can live its own life as a standalone film. Yeah, but and if they do be... the tie in, then we don't have to start over. Yeah. And we've already yeah. got that plot. We don't need, we just keep going. Yeah. We don't need yeah, to exactly. start over from day one. Like, yeah. So we got that backstory. Well, I don't, I don't think that would be too hard to accomplish, too, because. Marvel has already shown studios, the general public, that it's capable of 
keeping people in the seats long enough to see everything they need to see so that when a lot of references are thrown at you quickly, you pick them up. Yeah. Uh, even down to the, the post credit scene is probably the prime example I would, I would aim at. Right. It's a, it was a good way of, uh, of stringing everything along. It got to where everyone knew to expect it. And being able to do that and also, you know, do it on just a larger scale with TV to film. Yeah. I don't think it would be that hard. Right. Here's another little article a few days ago where I was looking for the Punisher stuff. It mm-hmm. says Marvel's announced they've uh, they've gotten the rights back to the Punisher, Daredevil, um, Blade. They've got all the rights for that now. And, uh, and it says, I think, maybe Ghost Rider, too. Fucking right. I would love a ghost. They got it all at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking kind of, you know, pivoting from off of that, they finally got their director for Moon Knight series. And I know this is a series that people's been wanting to happen forever. Like ever since, you know, they released all this stuff. Um, release that they were going to be doing series and whatnot, then uh, this is one of the top tier, you know, wants. It says, uh, Moon Knight is moving full steam ahead at Disney+. Plus. Marvel Studios and Disney have landed a director for the upcoming series in Muhammad Diab. Diab? This is uh, easily going to represent Diab's most high-profit gig to date. He is an Egyptian filmmaker, which gels with the fact that the character in the pages of Marvel Comics is rooted heavily in Egyptian culture. According to multiple reports, Muhammad, I'm just going to call him Muhammad, uh, has been tapped to direct Moon Knight. It's not clear at this stage if he will direct every episode like Deborah Chow is doing with Obi-Wan Kenobi series, or if he will tackle multiple episodes with other filmmakers coming on board for supplement. For example, Miss Marvel, which is also coming together behind the scenes, brought in a, a stable of directors, including Bad Boys for Life duo, uh, Bilal Falal, and I don't know how to pronounce these guys' names. Um, the news comes just days after it was revealed that Oscar Isaac is being eyed for the lead role. So Oscar Isaac, of course, played Poe in Star Wars, and he was the guy in Ex Machina that built the robot. Right. So, um, I'm 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 excited about it, man. Yeah, um, I looked at this guy's IMDb. Um, he's only directed like three movies. Yeah, but and he's written a handful. Right, uh, but they're all like Egyptian films, like nothing. Right, you've ever heard of. Guess who the showrunner for Moon Knight's going to be? Who? Jeremy Slater, who was the showrunner apparently for the Umbrella Academy. Okay. So I mean, we we gushed about that, oh, yeah. right? So that's that's all good news, you know. So and then the last little bit of Marvel news. So Christian Bell is going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder, right? He playing the villain. We don't know yet. Gotta be playing a villain, right? 
Well, I saw several articles and I couldn't find any of them prior to this podcast. I looked, but I did not find them. There's a lot of rumors going around that he is going to be playing Beyonder. And if and Beyonder is like you know, he's kind of like watching the shit that's going on and then he he interferes from time to time. So is he badass? Like, well, what he what, he did the secret wars. He caused the secret wars stuff to happen. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, says you know the Beyonder is the sum total of an entire multiverse called the Beyond Realm, or simply Beyond. Hence the Beyond the name Beyonder. This dimension was originally believed to be accidentally accessed by lab technician Owen Reese. Part of the energy from this dimension escapes and imbues Reese with infinite powers, which he wields as the villainous uh, molecule man, potentially one of the most powerful villains in the DC, or in the Marvel Universe. The remaining energy of the pocket dimension gains sentience and curiosity and becomes the Beyonder. The Be- Beyonder creates power a planet called battle world out of the pieces of various planets and abducts a number of superheroes and supervillains from earth and forces them to fight each other so that he can observe the never ending battle between good and evil. So, um, galaxy games. Yeah. So if that is in fact, the, the role that bell will be filling, then we can expect some crazy, crazy, crazy Marvel stories coming out in the next couple of years. Yeah, they got footage of him getting off the airplane in Sydney. And for filming. One of the more recent stories in in the past four or five years that's come out deals with Doctor Doom getting his power. And the, the the more recent version of Secret Wars. So and not to not to mention that the Russos did say if they re- if they were to return back to the Avenger films, uh, it, they would want to do Secret Wars. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so. One of the co-stars confirmed that he will be playing the villain. Okay. Yeah. So hey, she's already mentioned that he will be stepping into the role of the villain, which is going to be van- fantastic. Thompson said. Fantastic. Maybe Damn, it's gonna be Doctor Doom. Maybe they drop that as a subtle hint that he's gonna be Doom, you know? He'll do a good um, job. Yeah, I mean, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> you want me to trash your lights? You want me to fucking trash them? <laughs> I hope he freaks it's out. It's fucking that, distracting. <laughs> oh, I hope he fucking flips out, dude, and we get some more gold. Uh, last little bit of news, and there's not a whole lot that I wanted to touch on this, but the main reason is because one of the stars. Oh, man. Net- Netflix World War II spy thriller Munich gets Jeremy Irons and George McKay. So, I mean, Jeremy Irons is yeah. Jeremy Irons, right? But George McKay is the kid from 1917. Yeah. Who fucking killed it, dude. Killed it. Says the movie takes place in 1938 as Europe was on the brink of World War II. A synopsis for the novel reads as follows Hugh Legat, Legat, whatever, 
is a rising star of the British diplomatic service serving at 10 Downing Street as a private secretary to the Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain. Paul von Hartmann is on the staff of the German Foreign Office and secretly a member of the anti-Hitler resistance. The two men were friends at Oxford in the 1920s, but have not been in contact since, but have not been in contact since. Now, when Hugh flies with Chamberlain from London to Munich and Hartmann travels on Hitler's train overnight from Berlin, their paths are set on a disastrous collision course. It sounds like a winner. Oh, yeah. And if you get those two, along with the rest of the cast that they've got down here, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. So I just wanted to mention that because that kid from 1917 was fucking amazing. He's doing another war movie. Yeah, right. Jeremy so, Irons throwing fucking Watchmen, dude. He was so fucking good, man. Oh. I need that was one of his, That's one of the best roles he ever did was Old Man Ozzy. Yeah, I agree. Killed it. So that's that, all the, the shot of him with the telescope going, all right, Miss Crookshanks, and starts they start yeah. lobbing bodies into the sky, dude. That was that was man, that dude. was peak for me, dude. Hell's over there like it's fucking distracting. Hell's <laughs> it. So that's all the news that I've got. Um I mean, I, I I hit the high notes, or the high notes that I found, anyway. Yeah, there were no low notes there. I mean, I try to keep it as high as possible, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So, I'm ready for some trailers, if you guys are, man. I'm excited about this first one, even though it is a teaser. This came out the day before Halloween, folks. David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are back at it again with the teaser trailer for Halloween Kills. Would have been awesome if it would have dropped like while we were watching. Yeah, right. It just popped up there. Yeah. But I'm excited. That we we can't harp on that 2018 Halloween movie enough because I mean it was fucking great and this is just gonna make it even greater. Comes out October the 15th, 2021. Might have to go to the theater if the whole country's not shut the fuck down by yeah. then. I think we'll be open tomorrow. I hope so. All theaters and everything. Yeah, just reopen. We're open. Okay. Yeah, come on in. Okay. <laughs> Are you guys ready to watch the teaser? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Three, two, one. Halloween. They cram a lot in this teaser. Woo.
I like how you hear him breathing. Yeah. Right there at the end. I was watching uh Mike Myers of Decatur clip. That's Decatur, Indiana. I looked it up. Oh. Okay. All right. I didn't know they had one too, but um the cops show up to the house. He's outside <laughs> acting a fool and they're like, Come on, we gotta get you and then he goes, he gets in the cop car and he's breathing on the thing. He breathing over the damn yeah. intercom thing. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. So what are we thinking, guys? Like in that next Halloween, I'm thinking Lori's going to die, maybe. Yeah. And then in the last one, they're going to kill him. Yeah. Well, the daughter her, and the her, mom are going to have to come together. I just know yeah. like in this next one, like a major character has got to go. Yeah. They got to do it. And that, I mean, it would be appropriate for Lori. Yeah. To get, to get the ax. Like, she dies part. trying to take him out. Yeah. And then the, the two, the mother and the daughter come together. Third movie. Um, and they together. kill that bastard for good. Or do they? Cause you can't kill the boogeyman. No, you can't kill the boogeyman, dude. He's got a fight for the right to slaughter. This guy, the top comment says the American COVID-19 movies are starting, guys. Yeah, and this trailer is three minutes long. Um, uh, trailer. So it says Michael Bay COVID quarantine thriller. I don't know if Michael Bay's got anything to do with this, but, you know. Yeah, I think he directed it, yeah. We had talked so, about this before, that he had a COVID movie in the works. Of course. I bet 5,000 things explode in this trailer. They're going to blow COVID up. <laughs> Y'all ready? I'm ready, dude. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, play. Don't Aww. worry. Whoa. Already blowing shit up. They're doing that cool song thing with the COVID-23. Is it going to turn them into zombies? (laughs) Hey, my camps. Rounding people up. Don't let her in. Now testify. Holy shit. We got to get this virus under control, dude. Yeah. Mm. Is she just going <laughs> to FaceTime this guy the whole time? I think so. Oh, my God.
Good song choice. Ass to ass. Oh, shit. All righty. Man. Really? I mean, it looks like Michael Bay at his finest, right? That's some low-ass hanging fruit, dude. Fuck that. Safe, sane, and sanitized. And he cocked the gun. Yeah, click, click. Here comes the guns. Gave her the guns. Ready or not. with a Tommy gun. (laughs) We got a fucking Jackie Chan movie, guys. Yeah. I want to see the one with Arnold in it. Yeah, we got to put that on the list, dude. But I'm excited. I mean, it's fucking. The movie should be called Fast and Kung Furious. Let's fucking do it. Let me All right, three, two, one, play. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Territories. The fuck is he at? He's about to kick the Taliban's ass. <laughs> dude, I hope so. He, look, dude. A little ridiculous. Yeah. He's still kicking ass, dude. He's like 80. Jackie Chan is. Jackie Bond. It's always a silly goose time, dude. Yeah, always. Was that the guy with, that was in, uh, oh, what's the younger guy? Was that the fucking guy in, uh, oh, Raid? Kind of looks like him. Raid Redemption? Yeah, all right. No worries. All right, I'm ready for this. This is Drew Barrymore, dude. And uh, it might be a chick flick or something. I don't know. But I used to have a crush on Drew Barrymore, so we're watching it. Yeah. Got like a show now. I didn't know that, but I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, because of the whole COVID thing, they're like, everyone's, it's all virtual guests. Even the audience, dude. Yeah, I saw a clip. The only reason I know that I saw a clip on YouTube where her and Adam Sandler would, was it Fifty First Dates? Yeah, and they were like reenacting a scene or something through Zoom. They're Zoomers. 
Boomers. All right, I'm ready. All right, three, two, one, play. Okay. Candy Black. <laughs> She's not having it, dude. Why does she look like Courtney Love? I don't know. Kind of got that Tropic Thunder treatment, dude. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Famey Winehouse. Oh my God. Oh, shit. Straight up comedy, dude. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's a pretty interesting idea, right? It's funny. Yeah. And I mean, you know, crush from my childhood. Yeah. Like Barry Moore, what? (laughs) I'm kind of excited about this next trailer. This is fucking Ziggy Stardust, dude. This is like a Biopic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready. Did they let the sun direct it? Oh, that would be awesome, right? This film, the film was created without official permission from Bowie's family. So no licensed music. U.S. release date, November 25th. All right, let's check it out. Three, two, one, play. Bowie. Bowie. David Bowie. Well. Bob Boss. <laughs> okay. It would have been nice if it got the official release. Yeah. Recognize the voice. Oh. 
So fucking podcasters. Think of his name. Mark Barron. That's him, dude. Diggy Stardust? Should have let no fielding play it. Yeah, right. I'll check it out. I mean, it doesn't look bad, right? Yeah. We don't get enough Bob. He deserved the damn queen treatment, though, dude. The, The Elton John treatment, like. Yeah, I agree. I mean, could you imagine them weaving his songs into a story oh. like that? It would be fucking insane, man. Agreed. Ground control to Major Tom. He's like sitting there OD'ing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Take you guys ready? Protein pack and put your helmet on. All right, I'm ready. Multiverse sci-fi thriller movie. Parallel. All right. Three, two, one, play. Bottle paw. <laughs> Walk on the bottle paw. They're not getting their deposit back. Mm-mm. Yeah, he just said it. <laughs> uh, guys need to leave. Oh, look, dude. I thought he was sticking his dick in it. Look at them shine. Oh. Well, they're going to fuck something up.
They're going to have to take him out. Looks interesting. I mean, it kind of looks like a uh, <laughs> parallel universe version of uh, Coherence, kind of. Like, it kind of has a Coherence feeling to it just a little bit, you yeah. know? So, I, I kind of want to check it out, man, for real. And we're the only comment? This was the... I don't think that we got a full trailer for this before. This is the... But this is, you know... And if we've watched it, you know, we can skip over it. I don't think we have. I don't think so either, but you know. But I'm ready. You ready, Trav? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. <laughs> Ground control, Mage Tom. Look. Oh, we saw like a teaser, I remember. Yeah. I'm already dying, dude. Why he doesn't care. Oh my God. Looks trippy. Must see from Blade this custom. All right. That shit looks great. Like, really fucking good. All right. I don't know how good this next one's going to be, but I saw an article about it on the news site. Mm -hmm. So I just found the trailer and dropped it in here. I think Chess was involved in this. It's a British dark comedy horror at its finest. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Ball, Paul. First 15 seconds. 
isn't it? It'll be fun. <laughs> Damn. This cutthroat paintball. The fuck? What? Battle Royale paintball edition? I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but you know. What lies it's, below? The what last the remaining, the last remaining school friends band together to lure the killer into a barn. Well, they're like breaking the whole fucking movie down. Uh, it was just talking about you know it kind of being a throwback to like cheesy, you know, fucking Z horror films stuff like that. Isn't it? Isn't it? All right, y'all ready? Yeah, yeah. Yeet. All right, three, two, one. Pl- <laughs> Good dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Banging your mom, you know? Any good digs? Why is he with the mom? Uh oh. He naked? Maybe. He looks calm and ready. Um, does he put these slugs in your vagina? One of the comments said, Creature of the Black Lagoon got a makeover. All right. Okay. Right here. Pure taboo, my mother's alien boyfriend. 
<laughs> All righty. So, what are we watching next week? Uncut Gems? Hey. Yeah, we had talked about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time. I've been wanting to watch this film for a while. Since it came out. Yeah, since the trailer. Since he didn't get a a nod. Yeah. Everybody was like, he deserves an Academy Award. He was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." Uh, I think we should uh, do the uncut gems, man. Yeah. I mean, why not? What did we talk about watching after that? Did we talk about something else? I don't remember. Was, I do remember uncut gems now that you mention it. Yeah. Uncut gems. And, um, oh, what was that other one that I mentioned? It was, it was a drama. I have to pull um, the episode and listen to the end of it. Yeah, I don't remember what it Check was. Check it out. But Uncut yeah. Gems next week. Thanks, Nick, for recommending a great movie that we had One never Nick's seen picks. or heard about. Dude, Nick, if you want to be featured like monthly yeah. as part of Nick's picks, yeah, dude. hit us up. But look at the list because we've watched uh, quite a few 180, movies. 188 movies. Yeah. I don't really want to watch one over again. Yeah. Especially fucking hard to be a guy <laughs> or something. What I was just... Yeah, you know, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, so. we'll be back next week with Uncut Gems, a new episode of Mandalorian, whatever fucking movie news we can scrounge up. Yeah, trailers and the lot. Isn't it? Um, Thanks, Nick. Nick, hit us up for real, dude. Like yeah. you're gonna get a link to this shit, so you better emails back or I'm gonna cry. <laughs> and nobody wants to see that. A griffin cry? Yeah. It's like a horse crying but louder. <laughs> 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 All right, keep it real. <laughs>